it's the, it's the ideal cheesesteak because it's the perfect portion. A lot of these places, don't get me wrong, it's delicious. Berardi Brothers, uh, Lucatelli's, they're unbelievable, but they're just unbearably too big. Like you really I love it. Like don't change it. Don't yeah. change it. I'm out. I like we want to make it more easier to eat. No, we're Philly. Hey, man, to eat his own. Sometimes it's overpowering. That's all no. I'm saying. Take it home. My ass, Mr. Colin Thompson. I was on here at 10.39. No, I'm sorry, 9.39. For once, I'm here early. And I'm sitting for here once. waiting for you guys. Yeah, no, 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 no. For once. For once. Yeah, see, yeah, look, I'm sitting here playing with my balls, honestly. <laughs> They're this medicine guy. balls, people. This guy. Oh, the kids come from a guy, folks, who won't post a social media clip about an Eagles player because he's scared it's going to jinx him. No, 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 no. I just don't want to talk about injuries, right? Yeah, and at the end of the day, I'm wrong, man. I'm wrong. This team is, we'll get into the Eagles, but listen, let's kick it off right. Everybody, hold on to your seats. Welcome back. Look, it's another like wash, rinse, and repeat type of scenario. Mike Gill, we've, uh, Mike, how long has it been? You joined us, what, seven weeks ago? I don't know, man. I'm have here. Have you had anything negative to talk about since you have joined this show? No, I mean, man, it's a great time. It's a great time to be a uh, Philly sports fan. Penn State loss, awesome. Uh, <laughs> oh, taking jabs early. Are you kidding me? Philly I used to be with you, Mike. I, I Backcraft, my buddy, that he's the AD there now, but I used to be like, yes. But uh, it's hard for me now. I'm 50-50. 50-50. I love somebody said Penn State. It's just Iowa. <laughs> You know, it's good. There's good. There's going to be. You know, I didn't have any intention to talk about Penn State right out of the gate here, but there's going to be a lot of feud with respect to you know James Franklin winning the big game. Honestly, like yeah, we've they can't that get over here. that Ohio really State hump, else. that Michigan really hump. Nobody else at Penn State has caught on to what everybody's been talking about for years. But he's a good recruiter. That's hard to do to get great talent, but not be the guy who can get that talent. To it's a hard dynamic. You know, mm -hmm. like you're going to see this with. You know, like Colorado, they're getting all these top flight guys, but how good of a coach is is Sanders going to be? I think that's going to be interesting to find out. You know, so if you got great talent, are you also able to make that talent winners? We'll see. That's a great yeah, point. A whole other Colin Thompson. I know we're like going off, but I saw a comment this week that just grinded my gears about college football. We don't have to get into college football, but go ahead, Mike. Uh, I don't. Did you see Emmanuel Acho's quote tweet? I play with Acho. All right. I believe it. Well, okay. Well, I mean, you might be on a different side of this because you played college ball. This whole Caleb Williams, you know, Williams, they lost. Oh, he should sit out the rest of the season. There's nothing to gain. At what point are you starting to say, this is a joke. You, you, your team's not eligible to win a national championship and you should sit out because you might get hurt and there's too much money at stake here. Like what kind of message are we preaching here? Like being a loser is okay. Like that's cool. Like, what, what is going on here? Okay, so I want to look this up. Okay, so he said, quote, with national championship hopes gone, Kayla Williams should consider sitting out the rest of the season. Well, this is just ridiculous, first off. Okay. I'll be clear. On the bowl game stuff, I agree with guys sitting out. If you're going to be a top sure. three-round pick and you're in some seven and you won seven games and you're in some, you know, some bowl, I don't want to disrespect any of them, and you're not competing for a final four spot or maybe like a, or like a, I don't know. If you're not in the playoffs, I'm sitting out. I'm sitting I, out. Look, it's 
that's that's one game, and it's like a, a hey, whatever. Pass grab for the school. It's for recruiting. Half the coaches are interviewing for other jobs. But I completely right. disagree with Acho. I'll be crystal clear. Sitting out for the end of the season. This sounds like a clickbait comment. This is ridiculous. I, well, I said, at what point, like? You are supposed – first off, the guy has said he makes more money at USC than he will as the number one pick. And then he exactly. says he only wants to get drafted by certain teams. Who are you? You can't even beat freaking Utah. You're good well, enough to say that? Listen, I get it. It's not all the quarterback's fault, but guess what? You're the face of that team, and you can't beat Utah? You have no right to say, I only want to get drafted by X, Y, or Z. Then he wants ownership of the team that's drafted him. Are you kidding <laughs> Oh, beat Utah. By the way, Utah's beat them two years in a row. We're talking about Utah beating USC. Are you kidding me? They're good. Yeah. In, what world, in what I know Utah's good, but in what world should they have a better football program than USC? They shouldn't, and they won't in the Big Ten. I think. Of course they shouldn't. So if you lose to Utah twice, Caleb Williams, that's horrible. You have no right. You should get your ass back out there and prove to everybody. I want to play for my team and myself to show that I can win football games. Not to mention, if you have an NIL, can you imagine the NIL paying you and you saying, you know what? I lost two games. Thanks for the money. I'm out of here. Yeah, that's a flawed system. Don't hate the player, hate the game. The, the, okay. money's, guaranteed, the money's guaranteed. I mean, oh, there's guys man. that are backups there that are getting paid and they never play a snap. And that's that's the NCAA's fault. Holy but, shit, Gil. What were you saying, Bonin, over the weekend? Phillies victories, Eagles wins, man. Let's go. Oh, drink of the Kool-Aid. Oh, my uh, God. No, Mike, I agree with you, Mike. I, I I don't get the whole sitting out thing. That's why I don't like when players talk and make these big, bold statements and comments because football is a team game and things go awry, and then all of a sudden you're eating your words. So he'll be fine, and he should ask for ownership of a team. He should because he'll probably fall short on it and land somewhere in the middle and make a lot of money. So good for him. I like it. Brady no. should have got ownership in the Patriots. Like – Listen, these, the these problem, guys should get the problem. It. We have accepted. Just sit out. Play, don't play. It's a business. No, we haven't. We haven't. All right, listen. We give we these kids the easy out, and they rarely – listen, he might Ooh. be an all-time great. He might be an all-time great, but because short, how many games and stuff, maybe he doesn't read – it's come this. Money over accountability, money over team success, money always wins, and we no. lose. The game I suffers. Disagree. This is all clickbait. Just like people think the Eagles, this was going to be a close game with Miami, right? Like this is the I world. Gave Miami game. too much credit. I had 31-27. Everybody yeah. watches all the scores and the stats, and they're not really watching the games, right? Like they're not really seeing the nitty gritty. They're seeing, oh, 70 to 20. They're not really seeing like why it was 70 to 20, right? So that's where I get lost. Like when guys are like, oh, whew. Ooh, uh, Miami. People are in the parking lot. I got Miami. Sorry, guys. It's like, well, I love Miami. They're a great team. I, one of my good buddies I'm doing serious radio with is a fullback for him. But, like, that's the world. We're like, oh, we're giving all these players these breaks, and we're giving all these guys that – no, we're not. It's all just a week-to-week thing. It all goes away. It all comes right back to normal, just like the Phillies did this past week when – Oh man, maybe the offense went away for a game and then boom, back to back games, they explode. I just think we ride this wave and it's like, it's just, it's not all what, what people are talking about on ESPN or whatever these great stations are is a glimpse of the moment. Like, literally, we're talking about the Niners being the greatest team on the face of the earth because they beat Dallas, whooped them. Then they went to Cleveland and they dropped, dropped the ball. Same with the Eagles. Right. They went to Jets, they can quickly lose tonight against the so, two and four Vikings. Yeah. So it's just, 
all of that I agree with, by the way, 100%. I'm, I'm the Mr. Hey, it's week to week. Nothing well, you're saying small. blanket statements about accountability and money. That's not true. That's not true. Well, I think it's just big picture because, you know, you, know, you look at a guy like Patrick Mahomes. Nobody knew. Nobody was like Mahomes, leave early, Mahomes. And that guy did it the right way and has become an all-time great. Look at some of these guys that got overlooked. Aaron Rodgers, another guy. He was not – he was supposed to – and he falls in the draft. But he didn't say, hey, I got to leave early. I'm better than this. Leave early because – Way my, different times. Way timing, different times. dude. That's all timing right there. I right? understand that. But my point is maybe Williams – my point is he gets drafted number one overall. Maybe we see something between now and the end of the season when he plays in the games, not sits on the sideline, that says, you know what? I didn't see that from him the first – 10 times I watched him play, maybe he's not worthy of being. We're cutting the resume short, and we're only drafting you off the good times, not the bad. I want to see how you persevere through the bad times, and that's what I'm talking about. He gets drafted on the good times, not the bad, and maybe when he gets to the pros, it's not all good times. And how does he persevere through those bad times? I'm lost, fellas. Honestly, I'm ready to transition to the Phillies. Give me back to my. I mean, never. I, I mean, you know, we're out. nine minutes in, and I did not expect this conversation to start out the way it did. But look, quote of the quote of the day, quote of the night. If everybody could do it, everybody would do it. What's that quote entail? Tush, the push, push. Are you kidding me? The push, push. That's another Philadelphia Eagles first down, and we got first and nine yards to go. Because that's all they need, Sam Boner, Colin. That's all they need. If they get to that one yard, fourth and one, it's a guaranteed first down. How you like them apples? I love you pulling the quotes. Big J journalism from you. I love it. I um, Listen, we've never seen this in the game of football. We've never seen a play have success like this uh, in the game of football. I've heard on NFL Network today from Kyle Brandt, 41 but 44 times, 93% of the time, they're attempting that. And he said, too, I want to go back and see the three. They didn't get it. Uh, it's a joke at this point. And it's infuriating and frustrating, as you could see how that leaned on Miami. Uh, I think Miami got a real dose of Philadelphia last night. When I watched the tape again today, you saw some stuff after the whistle. You saw some frustration. You saw the fans leaning on them. You saw the uh, defensive line leaning on them. Uh, you saw Miami still make big plays, but again, that was an absolute city win, not a team win, a city win, the entire organization, uh, the fans. 100%, man. It has to off the Sean Desai, too, dude. Do not leave yeah. him hanging. That guy put together an unbelievable package last night. And He's a definite and don't break, Right. And people hate that term because they're like, we want to blitz, blitz, blitz. And you're like, you got to get home with four, which they did. And they're going to drop people in coverage, which they did. And good teams are going to have success. But, man, you're right, Mick. Hit the nail right on the head. Temple's finest, Sean Desai. In addition to that, though, in addition to that, (laughs) like, you know, the, the Seattle, right? Seattle has that 12th man, right? They 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 promote the 12th yeah. man. That's like, incredible. I'm sorry, but like, is Lincoln Financial Field, Mike, and, and and not only that, Citizens Bank Park too. Like Philadelphia in general, is that becoming the toughest place to play in professional sports? Well, I think uh, the link and Philly has always kind of had that for football. 
baseball, it is obviously new that it's been in the playoffs the last two years that that has happened. You remember last year in the regular season, they're playing August baseball games in front of 15,000 people. It wasn't until they got to the playoffs that it started to rock. And I will say, I'll give the people credit because I did question whether that stadium would be full this summer, and it was. But it's not like that. That's the problem. June 27th on Wednesday night, you're not getting 40,000 people standing the whole game. Baseball for the playoffs is completely different. The e- You watch a Phillies game. It draws you. You could be watching football, Monday night football tonight, and you watch the Phillies. Now, they're on at 5 o'clock, so that's kind of a weird time. But if they were on at the same time and you weren't a Phillies fan and you weren't a fan of any of the Monday night teams, you might say, Man, this game on TBS has got me. Look at this crowd. It's great. Right. I agree with you 100%. I was, I was actually well, upset last night because exactly. I wanted to watch game six of the AL. Yeah, exactly. Football is harder to see that crowd's impact. You don't see the crowd as much unless they show the lady from San Diego Chargers 49 times in that game. They showed her yesterday all day long. Did you see that? Yeah, and Saturday oh, in college God. football, a lot of memes and all that stuff. And, yeah. No, Mike, listen, I think – Right, the athletic came out. Number one atmosphere in baseball, right, is the Phillies. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I I played in Seattle. Um, it's it, it how the stadium's built is to force noise back inside, so that's extremely unique. Uh, I played in New Orleans. That's the most raucous place to play in the league. I think Seattle would be two, Philly would be three. Uh, it's where was number one? New Orleans. New Orleans. Oh, New Orleans. Don't talk yeah. about that. It's indoors. Hey, guys, it's <laughs> no, it's ruckus. The dome is ruckus. But it's but ruckus. staying right along, staying right along with just kind of the twelfth the man. Yep. Like, did those jerseys have anything to do with last night? And even furthermore, like, is it a crime that they look they, they got rid of them? That Kelly Green look? I mean, does it get any better than the everything's dog? business, right? So I now know, back better why than on ever, earth do we ever get rid of the Kelly Greens? Yeah, I think listen, it's a great question, right? Does anything have to do with the jersey? I think the players all bit for it's really cool until like the football snap, right? And then you're like, you're really not worried about what you're wearing. Yeah. So I, I love it. I think this, guys, and this isn't talked about enough, but it's a Philly like underdog blue collar mentality. Eagles been good for two decades. Two decades. Yeah. You know how hard that is to do? That's oh, why nuts. the place is where it is. I think everyone says, and Mick brings us up. Oh, Jets fans, I'm loyal. The Jets have been bad, man, for a long time. And, they, and, and, and it's been rough years. Even their good years, which Sanchez and Gross, like, and uh, Rex Ryan, you know, like, it was some gr- it was a grind. Eagles, man, they beat the hell out of team for 10 years, 20 years. They've had three head coaches that are like, Borderline Ring of Honor Hall of Famers. All three of them are going to be up for the Eagles Ring of Honor and Hall of Famers. Like, people don't give enough credit to the, the, the team being good. And I'm someone who's played all around the league. What do you think the league thinks of the Eagles? But the Eagles fan just can't have nice things. And right. I love that. I love it. It's yeah. awesome. I, I, I said for years, you know, people hated Howie Roseman, right? They hated him. They hated the guy. Hated him. I never was a Howie hater ever. I said – the guy has had back-to-back losing seasons one time in like 25 years. They've had and, and like when they've had losing seasons, they're like seven and nine. Now, every once in an outlier blue moon, and it, the, the outlier seems to have the same formula. When Andy Reid's team went four and twelve, their whole offensive line was just they lost like four or five guys. When Peterson's team 
went four and 12 a couple years ago. They had offensive line problems all over. They had guys hurt all season long, but they bounced right back the next year and went 10 and six. The line came back. Chip Kelly wasn't some genius. He got all five offensive linemen back, and that helped. So this organization has been, yeah. I mean, if you grew up, I'm 46 years old. I have seen very, very few futile Eagles teams in my life. Think about that. Guys, I was in Carolina for three years. Three. I think we won uh, 12 games, maybe a little bit more. I mean, we had players complaining that we got booed after we lost the sixth straight game in a row. I'm like, in Philly, we would have got booed if we lost once. You would have been booed in the second quarter. Like, we got booed at Temple. We got booed at Temple versus Tulane. We went three and out back-to-back times, and Rule brought us to the 50-yard line. and was like, listen to these sheep. Listen to this. Listen to these people. They don't care about you. So don't worry. What do they have to say either? Like, that was like a pivoting moment. I got the temple, and, like, the players, like, hated the fans. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what's what? Scary, what's scary, too, is that this team, they, they haven't been together long. I mean, thanks to some veteran leadership at the they defensive have. line, offensive line. But outside of that, like, some of these core players, like Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, Jalen Hurts, they have not been playing together long. Like, Yeah, that's, right a, that's, modern, that's modern sports, though, you know? No, I true. Think- no, for but sure. Yeah, what they do have about the vets. There's some what great they do have, right, is that core group of Kelsey, Lane Johnson, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, oh. you know, guys who have been here together for 10 years. You don't see that either. So and you they got have, Jay Kelly, uh, too. Add Jay Kelly. He's been there a while. I yeah, know it's not a big deal, kicker position, but yeah, he's consistent. He, probably, no, he was on the 17 team. So, yeah, he was there for the, for yeah. the Super Bowl. But that group of guys, Fletcher, Brandon, Lane, Jason, you don't have a team that has two guys on both sides of the ball that are still important that have played together for like 10 years. Right. And then you have Jalen Carter, who is pretty much leaning on Cox as a mentor. He's the future of the NFL. That guy is an animal. He's an animal. He's better better than Fletcher. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Now Fletcher demands, I don't even know what they're going to do it. They're going to have to make decisions here eventually. Right. Like they're going to have to start sliding to Jalen instead of going to, Brandon Grant, like, and Hassan Reddick wrecked the game last night when he was in. Like, Josh Sweat was ridiculous last night. Ridiculous. He's a guy he's never talked about. Like, right. Reddick, too. Reddick, they all balled out, dude. It was an unbelievable. There's like eight of them. I'm sitting taking notes this morning. I'm like, oh boy. Like, imagine going to play them. Guys, it's Miami offense. Jordan Davis was a beast last Jordan Davis was a beast last night. And he doesn't show up in the box score, but like, he just takes up everybody. (laughs) He's just such a massive human being. He takes up everybody. Go now, ahead, now, question for you, Mike. How big was that? Not big, but did that Jets loss kind of help this team? I'm sure, like, yeah, I, I I look at that all the time where these teams lose. You get a chance of reality to sit in the film room and then kind of get a tongue lashing of, hey, when you win a game, you know, you did this wrong. Ah, we won. Who cares? You know, but when you lose the game, you get a little dose of reality, and I'm sure this team kind of needed a, a big old tweak. I'll say this and add to it. I felt it from the players last night on the Eagles team, watching the tape again. Like when you watch the game and then you go back and watch it, I encourage fans to do it. Download NFL Plus. Watch the condensed version. It takes 40 minutes. I watch it every Monday morning. You feel it. You felt that. It's a great question, Mick. You wait, I was going like, to say, wait, I was going to first ask, did you have like a VHS tape? What is that again? No, this isn't, too, this isn't 1994. We, NFL Plus, you can get the condensed version of the game, but you can feel the players. They, they weren't – it was no BS. 
no BS. And and the, Miami was getting pissed. They they got pushed around against the Jets. They did. And that's what the Jets do. Well, and the Jets are more physical, a more physical team than Miami. That's Miami's problem is their physicality. They get beat up a little. And look, to be fair to both teams, the Jets are shorthanded. You're losing Howard and um, Ramsey on the outside. That's changing the dynamic of the well, game. The Jets also are top two corners, too. I, absolutely. But Those the Jets, Jets are more, the line play, period. The and Jets that are more physical up front than the Dolphins are. Yeah, no doubt. I think the one thing, too, and get back to Mick's point about Sean Desai. His mentor is Vic Fangio, who's a D coordinator for Miami Dolphins. Mm -hmm. Vic Fangio. So I was with Sean in Chicago when Vic was the defensive coordinator, 2014. Sean, two, no, excuse me, 2017. I was on the practice squad. Sean Desai, he was our, he was the coach of the scout team offense. Me dealing with me, giving him shit every day about Temple and where's the best cheesesteak in Philly and messing around. That's how I met Tom McCarthy in that same stint. And I'm with Sean. Sean was the like. Assistant, assistant, linebacker coach. And now he's here running this defense in Philly. And I think, listen, Sean's going to be up for some head coaching jobs. And and the Eagles, again, back to like, don't enjoy this ride. A lot of shiny toys here, and they're going to be around for a while. Tell you what, Colin, speaking of, uh, speaking of which, speaking of best cheesesteak in Philly, cheesesteak month is completely off the, off the rails. Uh, first and foremost, shout out to our, our, our sponsors, Original Fudge Kitchen, shipping fudge all over the country. You know the deal. If you're not buying fudge from the Original Fudge Kitchen at this point, you shouldn't be listening to this damn show. No, I'm just kidding. But, you know, shout out to our good friends, Pete's Famous Pizza, three locations, all in the uh, outskirts of Philadelphia. Pete and Gus doing an unbelievable job. In addition to that, Mustaki's Authentic Euros. Oh, my God, I can't get off this Greek kick. And there's no reason to because it's a healthier option than the cheesesteak. But both of these guys continue to just crush it in life. Get out to Pete's. Get out to Mastaki. Get your Sam Bone on. Colin and I, Mike, Colin and I, and Jack in the back posted up in Doylestown, Pennsylvania over the weekend. We kicked off the weekend in grand fashion at Coach's Steaks. And let me just tell you, Bucks County, Pennsylvania is quickly becoming a big cheesesteak county that didn't really come off that right but it's becoming a huge huge g-state county go ahead colin what are your I'll, take i mean think about this you know portnoy he always tips the cap captain new york right new york city of course pete's capital world but what's the other one is it not it's not old forge uh new, but haven. new haven connecticut new, thank you new haven connecticut he's like that's it so yes there's great pizza in new york city it's the philly cheesesteak capital of the world but mick we may have to make a bold statement here and say the sister city, Bucks County, baby, the county. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, Delco has obviously made it splash. Delco, or I'm sorry, Chester County has made it splash. Westchester, PA. Dude, they just opened up a place, Steaks Westchester. They have America Pie. They have Lorenzo's. This guy, Dustin on the shout out Dustin on the shelf. He's taking, he's taking MVP honors clear as day he's got like three or four sam bones under his belt all in westchester but that's the beautiful part about sam bonin post up in your backyard showcase yep. these places just like we did on friday at coaches that was awesome. and uh dude i can't believe season five is going to come to a, a screeching halt here soon and, and i haven't there's still like four or five new joints out there that have yet to been hit hmm. i got I a lot of work cut out for had a cheesesteak on saturday on my back porch and what blackstone action no, man, I went to uh, Pete's down in EHT, man. Atlantic City bread, 
so much meat, my girlfriend actually had to take some out because it was just overwhelming amount of meat on there. I go mixed cheese, a little American and provolone, bang, <laughs> plain. Mm, provolone, huh? Right there. Yeah, I provolone. Mix. You can't go pro straight up, not enough bite to it, but I like yeah. that. You know, sharp. cheesesteak, plain, mixed cheese. The Atlantic City bread makes the like same. Uh, Pete in egg Pete's in Egg Harbor. Yeah, County. so similar to Pete's in Philly, like it's the, it's the ideal cheesesteak because it's the perfect portion. A lot of these places, don't get me wrong, it's delicious. Berardi Brothers, uh, Lucatelli's, they're unbelievable, but they're just unbearably too big. Like you really don't need don't a change it. Don't yeah. change it. I'm out. I like mine. Make it more easier to eat. No, we're Philly. Hey, man, to each his own. Sometimes it's overpowering. That's all I'm saying. Take it home. Just for Pete out there, I like mine. My girlfriend thought it was a little too much, but that's all right for me. That said, you know you're going to a good cheesesteak joint, a good sandwich joint when it's just a man's first name. That's it. I like it. I like it. We're women. Where are you going? Get back on track. Here, let's get back on track. All right, the the, 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 the motto of, of the month. Take a look, take a month, baby. Let's take October. We are moving right along. You know, last week I called it a week for the ages. We had five NLCS games and then a big Sunday night football game where the Eagles were showcasing the Kelly Greens. But we got to shift into tonight, fellas. This is game six, back at home. The place is going to be absolutely electric. We got Aaron Nola on the hill. Like, look. Zach Wheeler is our ace, and he is quickly becoming one of the greatest athletes in Philadelphia right now, maybe a top five. But Aaron Nola, is he getting the credit that he also deserves? Because this guy is right up there, man. I mean, he is pitching at all-time, all-time high level. This is uh, Aaron Nola is now the Sixers in the second round of the playoffs. Last year, he pitched well against the Cardinals. He pitched well against the Braves. But then he got to the championship series, and he did not pitch well against the Padres. He went to the World Series and was worse against Mm. the Astros. Mm. So, yes, he's there. But I only believe in you, they'll say, when I see you win this game. That's the one. This is the game tonight. You know, you're only as good as your last. Now, if he gives you a great game tonight, you look back at these playoffs. I I would say this. The last time the Phillies won the World Series, Cole Hamels was the MVP of the CS. And the World Series. Aaron Nola has a shot to to do that, win the MVP of this series. Now, he has to one-up what Wheeler did the other day. But I love what Wheeler did, but I said on my show, I miss the pitcher who gives me eight innings, ten strikeouts, and hands the ball off and says, I beat you all by myself. How many of those are left? None. In the whole league? None. Yeah, Mike, you have a very realistic approach to – analyzing these games help me understand what what was your gut feeling after we let game four slip away and had to go continue play another game in arizona for game five what was your gut going into game five i tweeted it out i said listen you got wheeler and nola and suarez and two games at home you have to win this series otherwise epic fail they won two games that they had no business winning they had a scratch and claw to win two to one in a game then they have to hit a Epic home run, walk off, you know, not a walk off, but just an epic home run to tie that game just to beat you twice. But you have your two studs still waiting in line and two home games. If they lose these two games at home, this is the biggest collapse, period. So I felt good about the two losses because of who I had. You look ahead. I got Wheeler and Nola. I have the better pitching. 
I have to win that. And then I have Suarez in game seven. They have Brandon Fott would be lined up for seven. And I know he pitched well the last time, but can he beat you like that twice? Doubtful. Mick, I want to know your thoughts here because you're always steering the ship. You're asking the questions. I, I want to know your thoughts going into tonight. What are you looking forward to? Talk about the start time, the impact, the home field advantage, coming off the Eagles win right across the street now to the Phillies. What are your thoughts? Good question, actually, coming off the Eagles win because we happened to go – they had a uh, they had a game in Philly last Monday. And to be quite honest with you, the parking lot was quite qu- quite awful quiet, honestly, like compared to a Wednesday night or a Thursday night. But granted, coming off a football Sunday, Monday night, it's tough to get those batteries charged up again. That said, though, Colin, like we talked about in the beginning of this, this episode, like there is just no greater atmosphere – and that 12th man, that electricity that just continues to get pumped into that building, like not like the Diamondbacks who are actually pumping real sound into their stadium to make it sound like it was loud. Don't even get me started with those that fan base. So it's, it's just it's the most bizarre thing ever. But coming back to Philly, game six, Nola on the hill, all the momentum in the world. I, I, I would be quite dumbfounded if we somehow just kind of stumbled out of the, the block there and, and didn't take game six tonight because I, I feel like the resiliency that this team showed after losing two straight in Arizona and just coming back and securing that that third win in game five, Harper with the home run, Schwarber with the home run. Like this this team is this team is the real deal, man. They really are. They're the real deal. Yeah, I, I'm excited for the game. I, I mean this scheduling is amazing because of Nothing's on football Sunday. You've been able to like Saturday night. We're out. We're making plans all day long down here where we're going to watch the game, how we're going to go about doing it. It's awesome for small businesses, bars and restaurants, bouncing around, having a good time. I mean, it's It's amazing. Impact on retail is massive. My mom's in that industry, right? Like the people, she's like, the people walking around Cape May wearing Philly stuff, like everywhere. It's chaos. It's so good. And it's amazing for the for Dude. especially this time of year, right? Like Flyers and Sixers could be good, but it's like the cold months. People aren't out and about as much. They're more at home. But right now, birds and Phillies so big for the area. Dude, great call. Honestly, I've been making my rounds. We're, we're gearing up for this big event on November fifth, raising money for a great cause in the Ron McDonald House charity. Mike, hopefully, you can make it out. Let's go. Um, you know, I've, I've had I've had a couple visits so far. I stopped out to Warwick Brewing up in Warwick, Pennsylvania. Hung out with Tim there, the owner, Tim, does an unbelievable job. We talked about just, you know, what his business has done since the Phillies have been making this run. And he's got an unbelievable tasting house. He said every single night the Phillies are are on, the tasting house is packed. Same goes with Luke and Bill over at Wissahick and Brewing. They're chiming in for the event. I hooked up with those guys for like a half hour, 45 minutes. He said, dude, I got seven bartenders running. I got five food trucks in the back. And the back tasting room is absolute bananas. I've never seen anything like it in the history of having this place open, thanks to the Phillies. So it's a beautiful thing, man. It's a beautiful thing. I was out. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I was saying last year for the wild card, I was up in Philly at other half brewing. Place was mobbed, packed, unbelievable till midnight. I mean, and they closed at midnight, and it was still like no one was leaving. This weekend, though, Friday night we went out to go watch the Phillies. Place was crowded. Saturday, same thing. We had to get there for the 8 o'clock game at 6.30 to try to get a seat. Every seat was taken already, people coming in. So it's strategic now. Where has the sound? The sound is so important. But getting there early enough to get good seats and everything, it's become like a a weekend thing with these Phillies. And uh, it's pretty cool. It is. 
the Look, sound doesn't bother me as much, but I'm not way, in Philly. By so. the way, Colin Thompson, real fast, bought my girl the uh, white pinstripe overalls. She wore them out to the game, to the bar on Saturday night. Did you see the pictures? Very nice, Mike. It's a good touch. You're a good man. I, I can see your wife getting away with it. Mike, I'm not sure you can get away. I can't get away. I'm not getting away oh, with you. I bought them for her. <laughs> I, 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 the sound doesn't bother me much, but here's what does bother me. Grinds my gears, man. You're trying to bring business into your restaurant. And I get it. You're trying to have the boutique, quaint, nice feel of a good restaurant with no TVs. I get that. Get it. But if you're not going to be a fine dining restaurant, you need TVs. Because, again, this is like the fourth week in a row. We chose a place. We moved from a place we were spending a lot of money with a big group of people to another place that's got TVs. It blows me away that some of these restaurants don't just have one. Just have one or two. If you have a bar, just have one or two. You can, you can dim them down a little bit. They don't need to be no noise. It just drives me crazy. I want to bring that up. You talk about something that grinds your gears, Mike. That grinds you, my gears. You're taking you know a my, you lot know of my money story. out of people's pockets, man. You know my story from last year's Phillies World Series. I'm in Cape May. I will, I will remain. The place will remain nameless. But I was in Cape May. I'm at um, having lunch. I texted Colin. I actually called him. Hadn't talked to him in a little while. And I said, yo, I'm in Cape May. Where do I go for the game? He said, Seaview. Of course. Well, we went to go to the Seaview. Now, I'm staying at uh, a hotel that had a shuttle. We got on the shuttle. I said, Seaview. This is like 6 o'clock, okay? Phillies game's at 8.20. He goes, you ain't getting a seat in there. I said, it's 6 o'clock, dude. I'll take you there. So he drops us off. He goes, I'm going to wait here because I have a feeling you're going to need me again. I walked into the sea view. It was a sea of red from sea to shining, from stool to stool. So we can't hear. There was four of us. I said, "There's no place for us." We couldn't go. Ended up going to two other places. TVs poor, not on the game. Blah blah blah. Ended up at a place that had the game on. Ten o'clock comes, the band started. They put the band on during the Phillies game. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that's an easy. <laughs> Carney. No, I mean, listen, I get it. It's tough, too, right? That happened to be Philly's playoffs. They probably had those guys scheduled for a month out. I'm only going to a place where you feel like you're at the game. I went to game four at the Maple Glen Tavern, and it's just like this little hole in the wall. It's the greatest dive bar of all time. As a matter of fact, you can still smoke cigarettes in the back patio, which is very rare in this day and age. But like, You're out there ripping darts, Mick? You get a little bit No, 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 no. We weren't ripping darts. <laughs> but at the same time, get a, heater. You know, a couple of buddies of mine posted up at the corner. And, like, you're just locked in every pitch. The sound's pumping, and everybody's dialed in. And you just yeah. kind of love that, man. Yeah, man. Oh, it was so, great. Yeah, four or five shots there. of Jameson and 15 beers down the hatch. I'm not sure I'm dialed in in the ninth inning. You made it. Yeah. you got to watch it. You're right, sure. Nick. Where you're with total strangers, you and they feel like you've hung out with them your whole life. That's the best part about watching it. Is, it is, dude. It you're is, man. And then their girlfriends or their wives who you never met, and you feel like you're vacation friends with them now. Ah, right, so hold on, hold on, Mike. Let's not get off on a tangent here because I want to. I want to. I want to put a, a good closure on not only predictions for tonight, but like some outliers, like a situation where we go to that. We go to the ninth, and tonight, and the game's tied four four. What, what's the story with Kimbrel, man? Are, are, are oh, we, are we still going to lean on him, or is he out? I'm. I've been out on Kimbrel since the All Star break. I. I Listen, I didn't like the signing. I I didn't like the signing. He exceeded my expectations tenfold. When they signed him, I was like, what are they doing? 
He exceeded my expectations tenfold. But the signs were starting late in the year. The Dodgers left him off the playoff roster last year, okay? He had a good year in L.A. last year, but they saw what I kept seeing. Lack of command. He wasn't blowing saves, but the command issue is a problem. I'll tell you what, Mick, it's a great question because I don't know how Rob Thompson's going to dance around it because here's the question. Who does he go to? If not Kimbrell, is he going to put all his faith in the ninth inning and Jeff Hoffman, a guy who was on a plane to go pitch in Japan a couple months ago? Dude, he's been steady, man. I think he deserves great. the eighth inning. I, he's been great, but I'm saying, well, let's say Alvarado pitches the eighth because they got a couple lefties up the bat. And now the ninth inning is open. Now, I guess Alvarado can go two. But how many times are you going to ask Alvarado to pitch two innings in a game? He's pitched multiple innings in a game, I think, five times in these playoffs, by the way. That's hey, the thing. Gotta, go, gotta, go ahead, Colin. You got to go. It's time. It's all hands on deck, man. Empty the clip. Empty hey, the clip. If they, win tonight, if they win tonight, they don't play till Friday. So I would imagine. Here's the disappointing thing for me, guys. I really believe Kirkering was going to come in and be like K-Rod was in 2002, where he had never pitched came into the playoffs. It was like their eighth inning, man. They gave him the chance the other night, and unfortunately, he didn't live up to it. I don't think it's all his fault, and I think he could bounce back, but I don't know that they're going to give him another chance because he was the guy that I think they could have said, hey, if Kimbrell's struggling, let's give this kid a shot. And they went to him. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so sick of the people out there that, that thought that he like killed the momentum of that game, game four. Like He came in. He let up some runs. But at the end of the day, he got out of it. He let up one run. We still got in. We still got past it. And the score was 5-3. Like, I think you continue to throw that kid in there, Kirk. I honestly. agree. I, I would go back to him. I think the other night, um, Real Muto just kept calling slider after slider. It was obvious his slider was just not – he could not command it. The kid still throws 98 miles an hour. Let's see if he could spot a fastball. And he just kept throwing slider, slider, slider. I would go to him again, but maybe not in the ninth inning. But I, I also he- thought in game five, my brother brought it up too. I was thinking the same thing. I talked to my dad about it last yesterday, my, my daughter's soccer game. We were up 6-1 in game five, was it? They should have brought in Lorenzen. They should have gave him some reps. I mean, oh. Maybe kind of like a little bit of spark right there. On Thursday night, yeah. I mean, yeah. on Saturday night. On Saturday night. Saturday yeah. night. Yeah. You had, a, well, you had a big enough lead. Like, why not start to get some of these guys that – I mean, because he had so much upside after his first two starts, and then, unfortunately, he, he fell off. But We're talking God. about the bank tonight, baby. Buzzing. <sighs> going to be buzzing. I can't wait, man. My buddy wait. calls me. I'm on, my way to, I'm on my way to the studio to record this fine show, and my buddy says, yo, I got an extra ticket for the game tonight. You in? Yep. Yep. I was like, yo, I have a freaking job, man. <laughs> I'm on. Uh, Wait, bring the bring it down here. Do the real. Oh, you should have planned it. I'm, I'm at Ocean. Ocean. How about I'm this? At, Talk I'm about the- dad of the year right here, fellas. I'm picking my 13-year-old son up at 2.30, and we're heading down. Well, I have right. my show is live at the Gallery Sportsbook at Ocean today. Mm. The fine people that have my show there every Monday. So I could not let them down and not be there. So I'm going to be there watching the game. I love it, man. I can't wait. These are great episodes. This is a great time to have Mike on because Mike has a lot of wheelhouses, but two of them happy to be the Phillies and the Eagles, and it's always great conversation between us three. It's it's an interesting time. I can't wait for the Sam Boner event. Temple plays Navy the day before at the link. How about it? Sucks for the Eagles and the the Cowboys because that grass gets destroyed. Oh, wow. My, I I'll, found actually be, uh, I'll be in Annapolis uh, November, what, 18th. 
Yeah, Katuna I, I think that, I feel like the link holds up pretty good. They, they just horrible. had like a big international soccer game. Down it looked there. bad last night. I, I actually said, that I said the grass looks bad last night. Yeah, yeah. Trey, Trey Burton told me he said, dude, we would look at the schedule and they would have an event. They would show us when the temp when Temple was playing the day before, and how beat up the grass was. So, yeah, that that's the little things, right? The cool stuff in there. But it, that's a that's a beauty that Jeffrey Laurie lets it still be grass because he could easily be like, oh, we're going turf. Yeah, uh, that, yeah. that and and you'll lose you, you lose players that way. Trust me. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, look, you know, it's ten twenty seven. Mike's got big things ahead. We gotta we gotta let him get to his next meeting. But this has always been a ton of fun, man. Appreciate everybody tuning in. Uh, Sam Boner Nation, alive and well. We got a beautiful, beautiful game on tap for tonight. Five oh seven, game six. Let's take care of it, and then just like that, we'll be back in the World Series come Friday night. Who's that going to be? Texas or Houston? Uh, I'm, I'm, unbelievable I'm, series. I'm pulling for Houston because Phillies get home field advantage That's against right. the Astros. That's yeah, right. My wife's from Houston, Houston so. too because I want redemption and I want home field. So I love it, Mickey. My wife's from Houston, so whew, it's a tough one. Houston, <laughs> she, she's like, I've never really seen you become like a Philly fan. I'm like, this is it. The Flyers and Phillies are my, my teams. Yeah, man. Uh, Big thank you to all our sponsors. Big thank you to everybody contributing for the event. Looking forward to that. Always fun with you fellas. Everybody keep on Sam Bonin, baby. Have yourself a good day. Yeah, lastly, guys, though, if you're coming to the Sam Boner event, Uh-oh. shoot Mick a DM. Let Mick know. You know, if you're listening to this right now, reach out to Mick. Let the Sam Boners know you're coming. Don't dis- You could show up, too. God bless. We hope you show up. But just let Mick know, man. We're excited to see everybody and appreciate the support of the Ronald McDonald House. Sam Boner out. So water, my knees get weak. I'm hosting up on it's a soil.